Jason. What's up, man? And I'm much just uh, gonna play a little Tetris here on the Two Dudes in an S podcast. Yeah. Coming at you on location in Moscow. <laughs> That's right. Actually, no, we're just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Moscow. We're in Scotland with our good buddy Nick. <laughs> yeah, we are. Hi, everybody. And Stephen Michael made the trip with us from Facebook, hey, all the way from Facebook hello. to Scotland. That's it. From sunny California straight to Moscow. Or <laughs> we just said not Moscow. Yeah, that's okay. We went through Moscow mm. to Scotland. Yeah, that was that's my layover. That's how you yeah. get to Moscow, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how you get to Scotland, right? You go to Moscow. <laughs> I got you messed up too. I don't know. I've never totally been to Europe. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's how it works. Is that right, Nick? Yeah, that, well, you can go anywhere, right? I think you'd go the long way if you're going via Moscow, I think. Yeah. But it's, it's the scenic route. It's, it's, it's nice. Oh, okay. Good. Uh, no, but we are—we're uh, all in our own locations. Okay, some of us may or may not be in Moscow, but we do have Stephen Michael from Facebook, and we have Nick, listener and uh, honorary dude, on the show with us, and he really is from uh, overseas. I think this is our first uh, ever international podcast. We don't count Canada. Any of you guys that have been on international the show? Yeah. So. Yeah. We're honored to have you on with us. And of course, that we're all is. always honored to have Stephen Michael on as well. Well, thank you. I'm honored as always you guys having me on uh, quite often recently. I really appreciate it. I love doing this. Sweet. Uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, Tetris. Tetris, that's right. Although, I would like to, uh, since Jess and I have had a chance to tell the world our our new year's plans uh do, do either of you guys have any new year's plans got any big things you want to do for 2019 i started headspace i don't know if you're familiar with that it's a guided meditation app mm-hmm. yep. yeah so i got it on sale for like 40 percent off or so and i've been doing it every day i've missed a few days just because my work schedule has kind of been crazy but i've done two a couple days and um, just truly enjoying it. It it really is as weird as it is. I'm not sure if it's the breathing and a little bit of extra oxygen that's kind of making me feel tingly, but it definitely has like a calming effect and clarity and focus and the things I'm looking for. So it's been cool. pretty neat. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's something I've seen. I've seen adverts for that, and it? it's it's been interesting, but I've never never gone in. Do you find it helps de-stress or relax? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, I've done it in the morning right after waking up where I'm obviously not really stressed, you know, even on days where I know I'm going to be busy and I still feel a a real calming effect. And then on top of that, on days where I am busy and I'm like squeezing it in and you can rotate on through some of them between like three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And so you can kind of choose the length and where it's like, oh, I'm I'm doing 10 minutes today. This is what I'm doing. And then it's like, oh my, I really got to run out the door. I only got five minutes to do this. So like, I got to hurry up and be calm and still it somehow <laughs> kind of like, you know, relaxes me in. So it's got a free trial where you get like 10 beginner lessons and I would highly recommend anybody interested, just go check it out. Um, you know, it's free. You got nothing to lose. And then if you're interested, I know it's on sale right now. And then I'm sure there's a ton of free apps out there and stuff like that. But I've heard a lot of good things about this one. So I figured I'll invest a whopping 60 bucks this year and give it a shot. I find myself whenever I whenever I pay to do something, I usually do it at least for a little while. So yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, now the Apple Watch to get the the year package at that price. Yeah. Now the Apple Watch has the breathe thing that keeps telling me to breathe. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, I keep ignoring it actually. Yeah. Constantly yeah, tries those... to ask me to breathe. I got one of those uh, Fitbit watches. I got one for my wife as well. And there's like a, a calming thing and it, you're supposed to breathe with it the way it like tells you to. However, it's like mm -hmm. a shiny, bright white light that you're <laughs> staring at. So it's, I'm not sure how it, it doesn't seem as effective as the headspace. Mm -hmm. I can tell you that much. I think the average watch yeah. just does a little vibration on your wrist and that's how it reminds does you. There's a vibration. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, Anyway, what about you, anyway, Nick? So I um I made a bit of a, a New Year's resolution. Um, I like most of us here and most listeners, I have a bit of a collection of video games, but like most people in their thirties, don't have time to play them as much as I would like. And so I've made a bit of a resolution to for two thousand nineteen. I'm going to play nineteen games through to completion, but nineteen games that I really shouldn't have missed. Um, so I don't have a list yet, but number one on that list is Super Mario World on the SNES. It's a game that somehow I've missed, somehow I've never played. Um, mm. So I'm going to going to start with that soon, huh. um, just as soon as I'm finished playing Tetris. Um, and then I'll, I'll think about the, the rest of them and move on. But um, I'm going to not buy any games until I've done those 19, because I, I, I do buy more games than I, than I have time to play. That's a cool That's awesome. idea, actually. I like yeah. that idea a yeah. lot. Uh, too bad you'll never end up stopping playing te Tetris because this uh, game is super addictive and will last forever. And we should probably start talking. About right. It. Never stops. Hey, let me yeah. just say, though, um, in true fashion, like I always do, I've forgotten something. And since we haven't truly started the show yet, I did this last week. Let's go ahead and go with our intro that I was supposed to play at the beginning. All right, let's restart the so show. Let's restart the show. <laughs> two weeks in a row, or two shows oh. in a row. Restart. Hey, everybody, this is Ferg from the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast, and you are listening to Two Dudes in a Nest with your hosts, Michael and Justin, right here on the Retro Junkies Network. Justin. What's up, man? <laughs> Starting the show over yet again. Ready to start the show. I'm ready to start. All right. Let's do it. Let's just get right into it. Hey, you know what? We should maybe start making this a thing. Just tell people if you want to skip 10 minutes in, the real show begins. Because there's right. a lot of people that don't like all that tangent stuff. The early tangent talk. Yeah. But anyways, tonight... <laughs> Oh, that was Stephen Michael. I don't know if you guys knew he was on, but uh, he's on with us. And if you skip the first 10 minutes, well, Stephen Michael's on and we're international. We've got Nick on with us. Hi again, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm just kidding. All right, Justin, let's, uh, let's do some history. Justin's historical tidbits and trivia. All right. So there's a lot of history surrounding this game as most everybody knows. And so we're going to hit the highlights, and we're going to hit the highlights in something that I like to call the 2 Dudes Quiz Game. Yes. Ooh. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so how this works, uh, to, to refresh uh, Steven and Nick here, we got uh, um, our 
We'll have seven questions. There will be multiple choice. You can ring in at any time that you think you know the answer. So you don't have to even wait for the question to be finished. And you ring in by saying your name. And the first one to call in gets the ring. If he doesn't get it, then, then uh, I'll finish reading the question and the answer choices. And the others that are left can try to get it. So... Are y'all ready to get started? I'm ready. Yes, I think so. So we're going with All right. Mike, Nick, and Stee. Stee. Okay. Stee. It's like the Knights of Knee, just yeah. Stee. Yeah, just Stee. Oh, I, I don't want you to be at a disadvantage. No. I appreciate it. We can't that. have too many syllables. <laughs> All right. So the, the game of Tetris was originally invented by a gentleman by the name of Alexei Pochitnov. By the way, this is going to have a lot of Russian names in it, and I'm you think I was I butchered Asian names. It's really about to get bad. Because uh, <laughs> these names are pretty bad. So Alexei Potjidnov, Potjidnov, I, I think is how you say that, uh, originally invented this game while working at Dorodotsin Computing Center in Moscow, which was an arm of the actual Soviet, which was owned by the Soviet government. What department did he work in? Nick. See, at the time. Huh. Nick? Uh, the Academy of Sciences. Okay, it's more specific. Yeah, I'll, I'll let that right. one slide, okay? <laughs> uh, I'll let that one slide. You can still buzz in because that's true. The Academy of Sciences is where he worked in, but we're going with the what he what his actual job was, okay? So was, was he working in A, gaming, B, war analytics, C, artificial intelligence, or D, engineering? Steve. Steve? Well, Steve. <laughs> All right, Steven, go. Uh, engineering? Uh, no. Mike? No. Dick. Mike? Uh, the War Games? No, not War Analytics. Oh. Nick? Um, I'll take it with AI. Down to gaming or artificial intelligence? AI. What's that? AI, artificial AI intelligence. is the correct thing. Yeah. He was working in artificial intelligence at that time. He created this game on his computer uh, in his spare time uh, and started passing it around a lot, uh, along a lot of his friends. Uh, he, he had an initial... He had uh, um, a uh, basis from this game and a, a um, uh, inspiration, as you would say, from a game that he liked to play called Pentominoes. That leads us to our next question. How many boxes does each piece in Tetris have? Steve. Steve? Four. That is correct. All right. So each box has four. So he liked this game called Pentominoes, which is basically like this game where they had like wooden pieces that fit into a box, and you had to figure out how to put these into this box. But in Pentominoes, it was all five uh, box boxes and he didn't want to have a game that had so many pieces to play with so he, he knocked it down to only four so each uh, piece in Tetris has four um, which is the uh, basis of the name Tetra and the name Tetris stands for four mm -hmm. anyway, so question three what was Alexi's favorite sport? Steve. Was it Steve? Tennis. 
It was tennis. Second like Stephen Michael knocking it out. Uh-oh. So uh, tennis was also an inspiration to the name Tetris. So he combined Tetra, four, and tennis, which really doesn't make any sense. And a lot of his friends didn't think that made any sense. But that's why he named it. So that's how Tetris got its name. All right. So all right, let's just recap here. Uh, we got Steven coming in with two, Nick with one, and Michael, bottom of the barrel. That's me. <laughs> bottom of the barrel, Mr. Suck. So as I was saying, Alexi uh, uh, was, was passing this game around to all of his friends on floppy disks around around Moscow, and it quickly... Uh, one of his friends uh, sent it to a friend to another country uh, who displayed it at a technology show. What country Nick. was that based on? Nick? I'm Hungary. Hungary is correct. Michael, you didn't do your homework. Uh, yeah, uh, that's one of my big flaws. I never do my homework. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing, okay? In my All defense, right, so, in my defense, uh, uh, Stephen and Nick... Uh, May have so, done their own research, but I typically have to uh, rely on you for the history. So I just don't, I just don't study. You know, we're a team. See. You see, I see, I see. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, the game Tetris was put on display at the Hungary in uh, Hungary Institute of Technology uh, uh, Expo show, and uh, was. Uh, brings us to our next question. At the Hungary Institute of Technology show, a man named Bob Stein approached uh, about buying the game rights. He went to the company that was that now owned the rights of Tetris, because back in, in Moscow, uh, Alexei Pachevnov uh, was fearing the uh, government repercussions, so he actually had given the game rights for 10 years to the, to the Russian government. And it was ran by a company called. Steve. And uh, no, 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 that's not the question. Oh, I'm still in the explanation. <laughs> so um, Stephen really wants to win. Belong to yeah, Electro, <laughs> Electro Nord Technics, uh, which was uh, Elord for short, which was uh, the Soviet uh, foreign distribution of Soviet um, software. So he approached Elord. And he got the rights for uh, the game to be on what system? A, Nick? Nick? Um, at the first time, it was, quote, um, home PCs and other types of computer. That's right. That is correct. So Nick pulls ahead now um, hmm. with that answer. So it was he originally got the uh, uh, rights to put it on the PC. And he was planning on getting the rights for the Atari and Sega and other rights as well. And so he started actually selling those rights himself before he actually got the rights from Elord for the Soviet government. And he came across a guy by the name of Hink Rogers, who worked for a company called Bulletproof Software. He wanted to uh, license the game in, for PC and Famicom in Japan. Um, so he talked to, he got it from, of course, this uh, Bob Stein guy. Well, he actually went to Moscow himself and met with Elorg. And when he went to meet with Elorg, 
he wanted to get licensing for what particular system? Nick. Nick? A Game Boy. Handheld. It was the Game Boy. Look at that. Oh. He doesn't even need the answer choices. <sighs> Have I even read the answer choices to any of these questions? Just one. The yeah. only one I tried okay. to answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, statistics. So, anyway, uh, when he went to talk about about licensing for the Game Boy, uh, recently developed by Nintendo, he showed the footage of uh, that they had released Tetris on, and Elorg was actually pretty livid at the time because they actually not sold those rights to Bob Stein, which is where Hank Rogers got them. Uh, oh. And statistically, the game is over. Nick's got it one because this is the last question, but we'll read the last question just for fun. All right, a subsidiary of Atari game named Tingem released a version of the game without formal licensing and was forced to uh, recall all their cartridges after a lawsuit with Nintendo. What letter was backwards Mike. in the title? Uh, Mike, what? I got to get one of these. It was R. Yeah. It was R. Mike, with, yep. Mike gets on the scoreboard. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. All right well, Nick, our first international guest, wins the game. Thank you. Yay. So, uh, so technically, that makes him the we standing. Need a scream. Yeah, we do, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> technically, international champion. Oh, I was gonna say he's the standing international champion. Uh, it could be dethroned next time we have an international episode, um, but for time being, Nick. Congratulations, you are the international champion as of right now. Yay. <laughs> 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 With double scream. Wow. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yep. That's what that's what we like to give our champions. The double we're scream. Really, we're really excited about it. So that's it for the quiz game. There's a lot of history to this game. Uh, there's even a book um, that was wrote called Tetris, the games people play. I know, Nick, you've got a lot of history that you said you looked up as well. So if you've got anything to share here, you're free and welcome to, to do that. I think um, people have told the story much better than I ever could. Um, there's a documentary um, from the BBC, which is freely available on YouTube. It's called Tetris from Russia with Love. Um, so if anybody has a spare hour, hour and a half or so, um, they should definitely watch that. Um, one of the, the most interesting things for me was when Robert Stein got the rights to the PC, it was it was in the contract PC and other types of computer, and it was never defined what another type of computer was. Um, mm -hmm. When Elorg called him in to renegotiate, they, they defined what a computer was. They said it had a mouse and a keyboard and a monitor and all this kind of thing. But in order to distract Stein from that, the increased all of the financial penalties that he would have for paying late and Stein was so distracted by the financial aspect of it he overlooked the changing clause and when he signed the contract he'd essentially signed away the, the handheld and the, the home console rights oh, so no. the, the Russians taught the West a lesson in capitalism which was quite interesting <laughs> at the time yeah. yeah that's funny I think Mike wasn't weren't you the one that that 
we were talking about this at one one time, like this game being from Russia, and it was during the Cold War, and they probably it was Russia's ploy to like get Americans like to just focus on playing a video game and not winning the Cold War. Yeah, I think we've joked about that in the past, but I don't think that's <laughs> I don't think that's real. It may be. Yeah, it's part of, it's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. So. Anyway, we'll probably hit some history a little more as we go through the podcast. But I want to know, Michael, did you have this game growing up? Okay, good question. Michael's quest to find the cart. So, Tetris for the NES, I did not have growing up. However, I had the Game Boy version. Oh, cue cue the scream. Cue the scream. (laughs) Oh yeah, sorry. I need to have that thing. Yeah. Like, re- I need to have my finger on that you button at all finger, times. Finger on the button. Okay, hold finger on. on the button. I did not have Tetris for the NES growing up. Ah! There we Woo. go. Uh, however, I did have it on the Game Boy, so I, I just didn't want to double dip. So I don't know. I just did you get the box set because it was boxed with the Game yeah, Boy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got the I got the Game Boy pretty early. I feel like I, I don't know. I don't remember mm-hmm. exactly when it came out, but I had the original Game Boy. Um, that came with Tetris, and that's what I that's what I played Tetris on. I never even knew about Tetris really until I got the Game Boy. But uh, so no, I did not have it for the NES. But I don't see any reason why we can't talk about the Game Boy version on the show. Um, yeah. How, although let me back it up because I think I did have a chance at getting the uh, the the game cartridge for the NES one time. There was this time when I was about seven or eight years old. Um, I was at school. And I was doing my homework, unlike today. I don't do my homework anymore, but I, just, I was doing it back then. Uh, and we had a speaker come in to class, and it was a Russian dude. And he was like saying Russian things, you know, and mm-hmm. and speaking Russian. And then he said, if anybody knows what I'm saying, uh, I will give you a free cartridge of the Tetris for the NES. And I thought, oh, no, if I could just think of what he's saying. And so this is what came out of my mouth. Ah! Uh, that was the wrong answer. And I did not get Tetris for the NES. But I was so close. So close. So I missed nice. it by that much. Yeah, I missed it by that much. Uh, but here's a, here's a question. Like, how many different systems have you played Tetris on? Oh, my That's goodness. A question. I, have not, I feel like I've played about 75 different iterations of Tetris. Yeah, uh, not just systems like computers, graphing calculator. <laughs> yeah, I've had Tetris on just about everything I can get my hands on. Right. Uh, but I would really like to know if uh, I'd like to know Stephen and uh, Nick's story for the quest. I, I do. By the way, I do. Long story short, I do have Tetris now for the NES, just as an older. But I, it was a really boring story where I just went to the store and bought it. <laughs> so it's not. It wasn't really much to talk about. But what about you, Stephen? Nick, you got any good stories about how you got this card? For me, I just had it when I was a kid. Um, my mom loved it growing up, as I've heard a lot of moms did. I had it on the NES. I did not have it on the Game Boy. But I do not have my childhood copy. But when I started collecting again, roughly 2008-ish, I ended up picking up a complete box copy at uh, one of the local game stores. Nice. And then a more interesting story is that my wife really enjoys Tetris. It's the only game that she actually likes and she'll flat out tell you that's the only game she likes it's the only game she can beat me at so anyways the original 
Tetris, you can only play single player, but the Tengen Tetris is mm -hmm. two player. Mm -hmm. So we ended up going out and I picked up a boxed copy of the Tengen version so that we could play a two player together. So nice. and then we've been playing it ever since. Now we've switched to the regular Tetris since the high score challenge, but it uh, it was kind of like a, I've, I've used that version so much more than the other. Interesting. Uh, we're we're going to talk about both interchangeably on this show, I'd say. Uh, sure. Yeah. So I um I did have the cart when I was younger, but you know that was however many years ago now, thirty years ago, if roughly. Um, so didn't have it when playing NES recently. I was watching the classic Tetris World Championships in September. Um, so stayed up super late to watch these guys play and playing at super high level. Um, got very excited and wanted to try to do the same thing. Um, and in the UK, at least, there are two licensed carts with Tetris on. There's the official Tetris cart, which is just Tetris. Um, somehow it's cheaper to buy a multi-cart with Super Mario Brothers and a soccer game and Tetris all on the same cart. Huh. So I, I put my hat and coat on and went online, and two days later I had the cart in the post. So, not a super exciting quest, but um, yeah, it's cheaper to buy the multi-cart, which I thought was interesting. So, I, save myself kind of the, bucks there. Yeah, it's kind of the same way with Duck Hunt and Mario. I think it, there's there were so many of the Duck Hunt Mario combo cards that they're easier to come by than either one of them individually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Yeah. I've still got my cart from when I was a kid, so still got nice. the, the, the original i had and it's a it's a regular it's not a tension um but this, this was this was a uh, a hallmark around uh, the family and this is the game that i've referred to many times was actually burned in on my grandmother's tv yeah <laughs> turned it off you saw tetris the tetris screen well, i mean she's so. getting that high score and she's got to go to the grocery store she can't stop right you gotta pause you gotta throw that pause on yeah uh, she was a freak though and as far as like the like getting high scores on tetris like she would i could never get anywhere near like how good she was so do you, do you remember offhand roughly what any of those scores were or did you take pictures I or anything don't, don't i mean no this has been i mean gosh this has been at least 20 years ago sure. and uh so, so i don't remember like the scores but uh so yeah it's okay, Justin. We'll forgive you this time. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I guess we can start talking about the game itself. But first, uh, we should probably pause and uh, give retribution to our corporate overlords now that we're uh, a bunch of sellouts. And uh, let's take a quick pause break for our advertisement. We didn't that was hilarious. Play. You like that? Yeah, yeah that was good. It <laughs> was a good like ad, it. wasn't it? I don't even know which that one was... it was, but it was probably <laughs> the best ad we've ever done. It's the best one I've heard. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's do the game discussion. The game discussion. All right. So uh, we typically would start with the manual. Do you guys want to start there? You want to start talking about childhood memories? No, we can start wherever you want. Let's, let's go manual. manual. Yeah, let's go. Let's manual. go yeah. manual. Yeah. 
I love the manual. To, it's hard to beat starting with the manual. Although this one's uh, it's a bit boring, but that's okay. We'll start with it anyways. Um, what is Tetris? Uh, I, typically, I read this, but would somebody else like to take the take the wheel? Uh, I'd like to hear Nick read it in, in his awesome accent. That's kind of what I was hitting okay. at. That's what I was hitting <laughs> at. Very well. Very well. So, what is Tetris? Tetris is a new type of puzzle game from the Soviet Union that tests your reflexes. It's really simple to play. Seven different shaped blocks fall down the game field one after another. The object of the game is to keep the blocks from piling up to the top of the game field. To do this, you can move the blocks left and right, and rotate them as they fall. If you completely fill one horizontal line, that line disappears and you get points. If the blocks pile up to the top of the game field, that's the end of the game. Tetris is simple, easy to understand, but difficult to drag yourself away from. Tetris originally came from the word tetra, meaning four. By rearranging four squares, you can make seven different shapes, which are the pieces used in this game. With Tetris, you can play two types of games, Endurance Game A and Game B, where you play for the highest score at the 25th line. All right. It, I think it's uh, I think it's pretty interesting that the manual describes Tetris with probably the best sentence I've ever heard it described as. Tetris <clears> is simple, <throat> easy to understand, but difficult to drag yourself away from. I mean, mm. that's it in a nutshell, right? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the rest of the manual just goes on to basically explain how to play Tetris, which I don't think we necessarily need to get into. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's self-explanatory for anybody yep. that has been on this earth for more than about three years. Could probably know what Tetris <laughs> is. <laughs> yep. Oh man, I'll I tell mean, you. I mean, you know, going back to like all the different iterations that we played it on, the graphing calculator maybe up there for like highest amount that I've played it on <laughs> yeah. to be honest nice. because of the amount we played in high school yeah when we probably should have been doing some sort of coursework but uh, mm -hmm. definitely did not happen oh yeah that was that was the grandest day that when we figured out how to do that well technically we did not figure out how to do that somebody else gave it to us because there's no way i would right. program in that I, right sure the way we figured out how to do this was somebody else had it and we knew how to look link the calculators up with the cable and just transfer the same thing over so yeah but i, yeah. I i'm with you i probably i played so i played on game boy the most probably because when i was a kid i played it a lot uh, like in car trips and stuff but uh, aside from the Game Boy, I probably put the most time into that calculator in high school. Oh, I was supposed to be doing something else. That's true. I remember the sad, sad day when uh, we had to... Um, there was like a test, and our calculus teacher didn't trust us to like not have notes stored in our graphing calculator. So you had to, like, if we wanted to use our calculator, you had to clear our, our calculator out. Yeah. Meaning with at least Tetris, and that was sad. <laughs> I'm pretty it's sure sad, I would just said I'm day. not using my calculator. <laughs> I probably did too. I, I, I think I did actually, just not. It was worth it for Tetris. You got to keep Tetris, you know. I'll I'll for, forego using that calculator if I get to keep Tetris. Right. Exactly. Anyways, so I played it. Like I said, I played it a lot as a kid on the Game Boy and mostly on car rides. I didn't. I usually didn't play it too much at the house for some reason. But uh, what about what about you, Stephen? 
You said you had it as a kid. Yeah, I did have it as a kid, and I thoroughly hated it. I <laughs> would always get super frustrated. Uh, I remember it very vividly that I just did not enjoy it whatsoever. Uh, and that held true until, you know, talking to my wife and her playing it, or wanting to play it and everything, and then being unable to play the original. So we had to pick up the Tengen version. I've played that Tengen version the most out of any other version my entire life. Uh, it, it's the most addictive, at least, you know, it's the most exposure I've had to it. And I've picked up a version on the GameCube for, I picked up uh, Tetris Effect on PlayStation VR for, so we're like uh, all in Tetris house, but uh, Tengen Tetris by far my favorite version. And I seem, it seems to me that this version on the NES is harder. I don't know if that's just in my head or if hmm. I'm just used to the other one so much more. No, there are um, there are differences in the NES version, um, certainly okay. compared to certainly compared to newer versions um, that that make it more difficult. Okay, so that makes sense. In um, in nineteen ninety six, um, uh, the oh, what's his name, Hank Rogers and um, mm -hmm. Alexei Pashutov formed the Tetris Company. Um, so finally. Alexei was getting royalties for the game because up until then it had been going back to ER, back to the Soviet state. And um, the, with the formation of the Tetris company, they hey, created some some standards and some rules which all Tetris games have to adhere to. The NES version doesn't adhere to those standards and the, the standards add things like the hold box and they, they kind of change the randomizer a little bit to make it a bit more forgiving. Um, and so the NES version not having those is much more difficult. That makes a lot of sense. I also noticed you can't rotate it off the wall on certain, like, three-length pieces. Mm -hmm. You know, in, in some games, you can rotate it off the wall, and it'll just kick mm -hmm. out, you know. In this one, it won't. So, like, I've panicked, I don't know how many times, going, oh, oh, trying to rotate it, and, you know, not working. Yeah. yeah, I usually just blame my controller for that. You know, I, know it's <laughs> yeah. not, I, know it's, I know it's my fault. Stupid for, controller. Yeah, yep. oh. My A button is not working. <laughs> yeah, it's not There's rotating, nothing right? more anxiety invoking that when you're like about four blocks away from the top and you're trying to move them over really quick so oh, yeah. that you can place oh my gosh the sweat pour out of your body in that situation but on the on the same note there's nothing more satisfying than being like three rows from the top and it's like somehow saving yourself and working your way Take all the way back out. down oh, yeah. getting a tetris getting all four yeah four like, i don't know uh I, I can't think of another feeling outside of Maybe things we can't talk about on this podcast that satisfies me more uh, than doing that. Uh, and it's like, also the um, uh, when you when you get the Tetris and then you 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 advance to the next level. There's something about that NES version where you don't you know playing it on your phone or some other like a device where the where the colors drastically change all of a sudden. Or the music gets faster, or stuff and stuff like that. That, that just that just really gets your blood pumping. Yeah, like the yep. NES when that when you change levels, uh, like you said, the colors just drastically change, and it's almost disorienting for a split yeah. second. Yeah, yeah it's yes. jarring for mm -hmm. sure. And some of those colors are like some of those like you start getting like towards, uh, I think it's like level seven. It's like the the colors start to blend, and it gets very difficult, almost yeah. more more difficult to, to differentiate. I don't, I don't know if I need to get my eyes tested, but I always struggle with the, um, I can't remember which level, but when it turns red and black, I always, I always struggle there. I think they might I don't be know nine. if it's because, 
because it's got the black background and the black pieces. It's yeah. Yeah, that one is tricky. I always the one that always kicks me. Uh, it didn't. It kicks me into like a different mindset. Is when I get to the American flag colors. When it's red, white, and blue. I don't think it's like level four or five or something like that. It's like halfway through. But it's every time I get to that part, I'm, I, my mind just like changes over. It's like, okay, now it's time. I really got to focus. Yeah. So um, level seven is the one I really don't like because it's like it's like purple, maroon, and white. It just gets complicated. But I'll tell you, level four, I like to refer to as the lettuce, tomato, mayonnaise level. <laughs> Green, red, and white. Little, and I always used to call it the lettuce, tomato, mayonnaise level. It's a little BLT. Makes me hungry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so. That's pretty good. Um, So we, you know, like I said, I, I played the Game Boy version a lot. And you don't have to, the colors aren't there in the Game Boy version. And, uh, of course, it was green because it's the green screen. But there's just something about that Game Boy version for me. That's just the fact that I could play it anywhere. And there, something just clicked for me when playing that Game Boy. And maybe it was because I was in the car and it was just kind of like a novelty or something. Because the Game Boy version is, it's good, but it's really not, it's really not that good. I mean, as far as being able to see the, the, blocks blink as they fall down and stuff so it's really not that it's not the best version of testers you can play in but uh there's just something about that version that just always hit home for me and i still go back and play it every now and then i am um, i can't remember who it was but when um when nintendo were kind of putting together the game boy and working out which game to pack in somebody told um howard lincoln at america um american nintendo that if they included super mario brothers then Game Boy would be for little boys, but if they included Tetris, then Game Boy would be for everybody. And, um, that, that kind of rings true to me. Like Steve was saying that that his wife is addicted to Tetris. It, it, it's very different from your typical packing game like Mario Brothers or you know Sonic, that kind of thing. That's true. That you know, begs if, the if, question. I think. No, uh, sorry. Go ahead, Mike. Sorry, Justin. No, you go ahead, I, man. I was just, sorry. I think we're I probably just, gonna have the same thoughts. You just go ahead and tell my thought too. I was just gonna say, is there another game that's been more like all encompassing as far as like all these different demographics that it's hit, right? I mean everybody's played Tetris, you know. Wives have played Tetris, kids have played Tetris, boys, girls, elderly to you know, toddler. I mean, everybody plays Tetris and enjoys it, right? So it's like is there a more far-reaching game than this? Has there ever been one? Well, let me the just tell you. the highest-selling game of all time. Yeah. So uh, the answer to that, copies. the answer to that, I'm guessing, is no. Then, right? <laughs> but let me just put one little little wrench into your cog. I found out tonight, and I can't believe I did not know this. I've been with my wife for 11 years, and somehow I found out tonight that she's never played Tetris. Well. <gasps> <laughs> yeah. I know. You just had to done, crap done, on done. my point. Didn't yeah, you? so I just got crap all over your point, and uh, here was my reaction. <laughs> I said, "I said we've got to get you to play it right now," and she said, "Nah, nah, I'm good." <laughs> she said, "I'm good. I'll just watch you play it." And I said, "Okay, that's fine." <laughs> she said, "There's something satisfying about not having to play this game and just watching you play it." 
-hmm. yeah it's satisfying to watch be played like especially at a, at a super high level it's like magic it is oh yeah yeah that's that's why i started playing i was watching the um world championships in in september and there was such a, a good bit of backstory to this year's championships um and i got got very engrossed and i stayed up until the small hours of the morning having work the next day so it was really cool really good what is that backstory? I'm not aware. Um, okay, so um, for the longest time, a gentleman called Jonas Neubauer was the world champion. I think he has won um, six out of the previous seven times um, and um, was obviously quite favoured to win again. Um, and yet there was a young um, a young kid, I guess, he, he was 16 or 17, um, who started playing Tetris only a year before um and he had made it all the way through to the um all the way through to the finals so um joseph salahi i think is his name um was in the final against the six-time champion jonas newberry and spoiler spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't seen it but um joseph went on to win and and managed to take the championship despite having played tetris for for only a year um, mm. so that was really cool um and the way that kind of jonas um, handled himself during that was was very nice and there was almost like a passing of the torch type moment it was really cool well, that is That's cool awesome. so he's like a prodigy then at tetris yeah he um he he employs a technique called hyper tapping um which allows him to move the pieces faster than if you just hold down the direction um so he taps on the button incredibly fast um, yeah it's a physical gift as well as a, a mental gift that he seems to have. Yeah, he doesn't hold the controller like normally, right? He kind of like puts it on his knee or on a surface and then, you know, yeah, and, attacks uh, it from above. And he crosses <laughs> his hands over as well so that his, his right hand is holding the D-pad and his left hand is on the you know, B buttons. Um, yeah. Weird. Is he a witch? Uh, possibly, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it seems like they could easily make a custom controller just to swap the buttons and the d-pad yeah yeah and i think i think some people do that actually yeah yeah i mean that makes a lot of sense yeah because you don't use the a and b button very much other than just to rotate you need you really need your dexterity to come from on the d on the d-pad side yeah mm -hmm. interesting hmm. i may have to look at this video i can't believe i didn't look at it and watch it yeah or anything. i, I, uh, I said, honestly uh, didn't even know it existed I'll send a link to you after the after the show. Yeah, oh, thank you. All right, so um, I want to know, I want to know some strategies. Okay, so we've got, we've got, uh, we can go into high scores. I'd like to go into some high scores and just kind of hear what everybody kind of gets to. And we've got some high scores in both groups as well, both of our groups, uh, Stephen Michael's group as well as the Tutus and S group. Um, but I want to know, like, what are some of y'all's strategies? Because I, I, I don't feel like I'm very good. And uh, I know Nick has gotten a pretty high score before, so I know he's got some good strategies. Yeah, so I um, I tend to build as high as possible. Um, I tend to try to keep the area that I'm building relatively flat with um, a, a couple of very small peaks and troughs. So um, essentially imagine a flat line going across the playfield with um, a couple of areas which are one square deep. So kind of a little bit jig-jaggy. Um, I keep the right hand column empty at all times and once I get 
about five or six rows high, I then keep the right two-hand columns empty at all times. Um, what that allows me to do is the right-hand column is empty. I can put a straight bar down there to get a Tetris. And the top two bars, um, or the top, uh, sorry, the right two columns are free at all times to allow me to take things from the top two lines. So I can use the different shapes to take just one or two lines from the top very easily if those two squares are empty. So you can use the Z or the S style pieces, or you can use the L pieces to tuck onto that right-hand column and, and take just one or two lines to keep myself not too high. So I never want to be more than about two thirds of the way up the screen. Once I get that high, I just start burning a few lines off the top, um, waiting for the long piece to get the Tetris. Mm -hmm. Okay. Nice. So here's, you have a similar strategy to me. So here's my strategy, okay? I try to build it as tall as I can, leaving the right column open. Uh, I pray for a straight piece. <laughs> and then when I don't get it, I cuss the game, break the controller and turn it off. <laughs> so so once, you, once, you get, once you get quite high, you start leaving the right two columns free. Okay. And then as you play, you'll find, um, you'll find patterns and shapes that you can put into those right two columns to just take a couple of lines off the top. So you could drop the, you know, the, the L shape pieces. You can drop that down into the second from the right column with the tail of the L sticking to the right, and it'll take the third line down and, and drop you down the line. Yeah. I see. That I also sense. find that if, if there's nowhere for a piece to go and, and you have to leave a hole, it's much easier to recover if the hole is in the right-hand column. If the hole is anywhere else, then it's very, very difficult to get rid of that hole without building on top of it. Whereas if the hole's on the right-hand side, you're used to leaving the right-hand side empty anyway, and so it's easier to burn that away. Hmm. Okay. Nice. You guys got any other strategies, Stephen or Justin? Or Justin, do you have any any grandpa grandma's old recipe books with like Tetris strategies <laughs> written inside instead? I, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember that she had any strategies. No, I don't. Not that I can remember. Uh, and I have no strategy uh, at all. Um, probably why I'm not very good at this game, <laughs> uh, even though I've played it quite a bit uh, throughout my life. But uh, yeah, there's there's no secret strategies coming from me. Yeah, I can tell you that mine originally, like when I was just playing my wife to begin with, it was just like clear a line as fast as I can, simply because I know I'm going to die at some point soon, way before her. So I just want to get as many lines as I can, just one line, one line, one line. But then now we introduced the high score challenge to my group, which I don't even think I introduced yet. But it. Uh, made me look up different strategies and nick actually posted something that actually went into like insane detail on how the scoring works and strategies and all that and from the most of it that i've taken is that i try to do similar to build a tower with a somewhat flat shelf or if i am kind of building up one side i build from left to right so it's kind of sloping and then i leave that right lane open um the leaving the two lanes open as you get taller I haven't heard or seen or tried that, but that's going to be the next evolution of what I'm doing, I think. Um, yeah, and I've I was going for a good score, and I'm like literally less than 500 points under what my goal is. So hopefully, I'll hit that by the end of the month. Uh, I think you can do it. What's your goal? Hundred thousand. Nice. Hundred thousand, my goal. I'm at like ninety-six thousand six hundred something. Nice. Do you um on the on the lower levels? Do you hold down when you're putting the piece into place? I do not. 
Okay, so you get a, it's not it's not a lot, but you get an extra ten or fifteen points per piece if you hold down whilst you're putting a piece in into place. Really? So you might find okay. yeah, so slam it with you, confidence. Yeah, slam it on that, down. You might find that that's enough to push you over the over the limit. Ah, very nice. Okay, I'll definitely keep that in mind. Thank you. Nice strategy. We're, we got the one of the Tetris experts on here. When are you going to When are you going <laughs> to sign up for the championship? Um, uh, it's in Portland, so it's a bit of a, a bit of a trek. And um, despite being okay just now, the the guys that go there are, are infinitely better. So yeah, well. yeah. What are the scores that those guys are putting out? Um, so during qualification, the um, I think eight or nine players all maxed out the game. So um, as you know, the game has six digits for the score. So they mm -hmm. all got more than 999,999 points. I think there was eight or nine players managed that this year. Um, mm. The world record, wow. they, they use a Game Genie code in order to, I, I don't know if they add an extra digit or if they change it from decimal to hexadecimal, um, but the world record something like 1.3 or 1.4 million points. Wow. Yeah, it's not very much. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it? Yeah, really? Yeah. What a well, the, because the first max score was done in 2009, right? So it's not even like it's, you know, this this happened, you know, shortly after the game came out where people are maxing the scores. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Nick, but that was 2009, right? Um, I, I honestly don't know. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I hope I'm right. Hmm. <laughs> I'm sure you are. But the um, that's for the that's for the NTSC for the American version. The world record for the PAL version, the European version. It's much lower. It's like seven hundred and fifty thousand points, something like that. Do you think okay. that has something to do with the uh, like the screen refresh rate or whatever it is? It's different. Yeah, yeah. So, so what happened was um, most games back then didn't make any changes for the for the screen rate. So most games over here were fifteen, seventeen percent slower than um, than you guys had. Um, when they were developing Tetris, they tried to adjust for that, so they tried to speed up the PAL version by about 17% to make it comparable. But they also worked in integers and not in fractions. And so, um, as an example, on, on level 19 in the NTSC version, a piece drops down a row every two frames. So there's 60 frames <laughs> in the second, so it moves down one row every, every two frames. In the PAL version, they were aiming for something like um, I guess 1.6 frames, but they round that down to an integer, so it moves down a row every one frame. So the game at the lower levels is roughly the same because it's not much of a difference when it takes three or four seconds to get down to the bottom. But as the levels progress, it speeds up much, much quicker in the PAL version. So the mm -hmm. good guys just don't have as much time to to think about where they're putting their piece. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, here's a world, here's a record. The fewest lines to com completed to achieve the highest possible score, two hundred and seven. That was done by a guy named Matthew Bucko. Bucko yeah. oh. in two thousand twelve. So if you um if you watch any of the professional Tetris when he's playing, people chant his name incredibly loudly whenever he's on screen. Oh really? Yeah, it's a, a large Bucko type chant. It's it's interesting. Yeah. Huh. It's cool. So there's a there's a big audience for this kind of stuff, apparently. Um, I think there was about twenty thousand people watched on Twitch um, in September. Wow, that's pretty cool. So the yeah. one of the things that one of the factors that 
it would affect the high score though would be the game is it randomly selects pieces right yes so the randomization uh, i'm sure there's some kind of like algorithm or something behind there randomization because i know it's not giving me them straight pieces when i want them okay so (laughs) (laughs) there's got to be something going on there although in the in the nintendo version it gives you your stats over there on the side of how many pieces you've gotten Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll always look over there and be like, "Am I getting the same number of straight pieces?" Oh, I yeah. am. Okay, okay. Deeper than, deeper than that, yeah. I feel like so, they're either they're they're inflating those numbers just to say that they're giving me those straight pieces, or they're giving me those straight pieces at the times I don't need them. Yeah. So in um in newer versions of Tetris, um, you will get each piece just as many times as the others. So in NES Tetris, it is essentially a one in seven chance each and every time. So um, you can go 30 or 40 pieces without getting a long bar, that's possible. Uh-huh. Um, in, in the newer versions, um, I like to think of it as a, a bag, and each of the pieces is in the bag once. So um, there's seven pieces in the bag, and the game will give you one of those pieces at random, remove it from the bag, and then give you one of the six remaining pieces, and then give you one of the five remaining pieces, and give you one of the mm-hmm. four and the three, until the bag's empty. And then the bag oh, okay. will be refreshed with the new seven pieces. So the longest in your versions, the longest you'll go is, I, I guess, 12 pieces in between the long bars. You, you could get one first from the first bag and seven from the, right. the second bag. So in newer versions, the, the randomizer is much, much fr- more forgiving. Um, but in NES Tetris, yeah, I've, I've seen people play and go 30 or 40 pieces without getting a, a long bar. Right, because the NES version just assumes there's always those seven pieces available. Yes, exactly. Interesting. So, uh, Stephen, you were right. A guy by the name, this is great. This is a great name. Harry Hong <laughs> in 2009 became the first to achieve the uh, highest possible score. Oh, boom. So, Harry Hong, huh? Good old Harry Hong. Oh, uh, Harry Hong. He won the Tetris Championship once, I think. Yeah. Yeah. How long has the Tetris Championship been going on? Um, I think... the original was 1990. It looks like. Yeah, so that was the that was the Nintendo Championship, right? Right. The first winner was Thor Ackerland. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, yes, Thor. <laughs> well, that's cool. So, how does one get named a Tetris master? That's my question. Doesn't the game tell you? Yeah, I was about to say, the game tells you, like, every time you beat a level. (laughs) It's pretty easy to be a Tetris Master. I've done it seven (laughs) times today, actually. (laughs) All right. Do they have have different uh, titles for, like, the champions? Like, for the tournaments? Like, you know, for chess, you have, like, you know, a master, grandmaster, you know, like, different titles like that, expert, whatever. Is there anything like that for Tetris? I don't think so. That's a great idea. They should, they should do they that. They should, yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Why not? A grand poopa. <laughs> the grand poopa of Tetris. Or Puma, depending on how you, <laughs> whichever one you want. Uh, all right. So let's, let's dig into some of these high scores. Uh, let, let's. We'll do ours last. Uh, I mean, I've got a score. Uh, I'm really kind of embarrassed by it, but I've got one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I want to go through some of these in the t- two dudes in an S high score group. Um, you, Stephen, you said you haven't posted yours yet, I guess. But no, I, I have it posted. Oh, you yep. do. 
Okay, cool. Yes. All right, well, let me uh, let me just I'll call out a few of these. So Nick will save yours. Okay. You can just hold on to your your best one. Sure. Uh, and then we'll we'll come back. Uh, Adam Malone got a hundred and seventy-one thousand. I'm not going to mm. go into fine detail. <laughs> I'm just going to call it out kind of like one seventy-one thousand. He got more digits after that, but you know what I'm getting at. So sure. that's pretty darn good, Adam. Uh, I'm I'm quite impressed. Uh, Aaron Thompson got one hundred twenty-three thousand. Also, quite nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baz. Baz got up to 129,000. Yeah, which, that's impressive. These are all very respectable scores, if you ask me. Yeah, we are. Uh, Bob, okay, here, Bob's more, he's coming back down to my level a little bit. Uh, so, right. Bob, uh, don't feel bad. Even though I've been calling out scores over 100,000, Bob got 46,000, which is still good. And yeah. And it says he's a Tetris master, so... I believe it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Hmm. I was looking. I think Sean Muldowney had one, but he may have a newer one. Yeah, yours. it's way at the top there. Well, his is. Uh, looks like the highest he got was ninety-two thousand for each one. Ninety-two thousand. That's a uh, surely he's broken a hundred thousand since this. This That's has been. This post has been up for a while. That's the highest I see that Sean got. He wow. said that he's coming after Nick's score, so oh, okay. yeah, that's why he hasn't posted yet. Uh, I yep, see. <laughs> okay, so he's he's waiting until he can beat Nick's score. I, I understand. I think so. We'll see. Okay. Well, uh, the the highest score that uh, we had posted on there was by Mason Kramer, who is basically a professional gamer so it may not be fair but it is the highest score we've got 568,000 so Mason is uh, like I said he's a pro you know yeah but that's uh, that's that's pretty much the gist of the scores that we got on our two dudes uh, group would you like me to read them for mine yes yeah go ahead all right, so I run a group, Retro Gaming Monthly. You can find us on Facebook. And this month's game, obviously Tetris, so our high score challenge is up. First one is from Ethan Mayfield. He hit a score of 24,000. He said just getting warmed up. I'm going to skip Nick's score. Uh, Sean Shank hit 27,000. Tom Goodman hit 82,000. Spencer Collins, 32,000. Ryan Wilkinson, 49,000. Uh, we have Derek Ivancic. I'm probably misspelling his name, but he hit uh, 100,222. So he's like right at the level that I want to be at. Mm. Uh, a gentleman named Nut Iver Ramberg. I'm probably butchering his name. 119,000. <laughs> and then Dave Moore hit 91,000. Very cool. Two good scores. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty good overall. And I know some people have gotten messages saying that they're waiting until they get like their ultra best score. Like I haven't put mine up yet because I haven't hit my goal yet, but uh, I'm real close. So hopefully soon. Okay. Well, you're going to have to call yours out tonight. Uh, oh, yeah. No matter what you're, where, you, where you're at. 
Do you want to know Don't, what it is right now? Or are we I ready wanna, for that? Yeah, yeah, I want to know where it is right now. All right. Release so, it. So right now I'm sitting at. Oh shoot! I took a photo of it, and I'm trying uh -huh. to pull it up right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is. Oh my goodness! It might actually be gone. It, it was. Uh, Waiting. Here it is. Ninety-six thousand six hundred and eleven. All right. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. You are right on the uh, right on the knocking on the door. Yeah, and it makes me wonder if I'd have just pressed down a few times, like I would have probably been right over it. You probably would have. Done it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's coming soon. Okay. Well, uh, let's see. I guess I'll go next. Uh, I got a score of right around 56,000 is about the best I, I got nice uh, it's not quite my best I, I swear when I was a kid I could I could get over 100,000 but maybe maybe the Game really? Boy game was different interesting or maybe I don't know I, I know I could get over 100,000 I know I've done it at least a couple times in my life could it be that when you were a kid, you got 10,000 and just thought it was 100,000? <laughs> you know what? You're probably right. I probably got 10,000. I was probably telling everybody that I got 100,000. <laughs> but oh, I, I couldn't do well, it anymore. I can't do it anymore. So I'm, I'm guessing you may be more on the money there, Steve. Well, Mike, you won't be at the bottom of the barrel of Mr. Suck in the high score here because I come in at 41,607. Oh, it's still respectable. <laughs> it's good. That's not bad, Justin. I was expecting you to tell me like fifteen thousand or something. No. <laughs> All right. So, well, correct so me if I'm wrong, Nick. If uh, before you get into your score, yeah. the higher level you start at, the greater potential score you have. Right. Right. So I'm starting at level one. Yeah, so, okay. So, so you're starting at level one. Okay. So that's actually in the in the manual, right? Um, if I get a copy of the manual back up, it kind of talks through that at the manual. So um, at level zero, if you start at level zero, um, then a Tetris getting four lines at once gives you 1,200 points. Um, and if you're at level nine, then a Tetris gives you 12,000 points. So the, the way the game works is if you start at level nine, you move to level 10 at the same time, the same number of lines as you would if you started at level zero. You just miss all the intermediary steps. So um, if, for example, it takes 100 lines to move up to level 10, then you've got potential for 25 Tetrises between level 9 and level 10. 25 times 12 would be 300,000, something like that. Um, so there's a potential score between level 9 and 10 for 300,000 if you start there. That potential score is much lower if you're only getting 1,200 or 2,400 points as opposed to 12,000 yeah. points. That was my grandmother's trick. <laughs> oh, yeah. She always started on like level four. Yeah. And you can start 10 levels higher by holding A when you press start to select the level. So you can start at level Whoa. 10 through to 19 by holding A start, um, which until I read the manual, I, I knew about, but I didn't realize it was actually detailed in the manual. Um, oh, it, so that's why like the guys online, they all start at level 19. Yeah, so um, all the all the um, tournaments start um, at either level eighteen or um, occasionally level fifteen, um, but then the the next jump in speed when you start at either fifteen or eighteen is level nineteen, um, and that's when it starts moving 
takes like a third of a second to get from the top to the bottom. So that's that's re really where you have to be skilled in order to do it. Um, and so that's where they spend all their time practicing. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I'm going to start higher. I'm going to have to start at a higher level. So I've tried starting at level 15 and it is just very, very difficult. I, I can't do it very well at all. Um, but what I'm, what I'm doing now, instead of chasing a high score, I'm trying to get better at those high speeds. And so I'm playing at level 15 or level 16 knowing that I, I, you know, I get scores of maybe 10, 20, 30,000. Um, but doing that to, to practice, to try to get better. Um, it's not going very well, but I'll, I'll keep at it. We'll see how we go. You can do it. And you, I'm assuming you're pressing down to make them go down fast at those high speeds uh, too, right? At, at, well, you can do, but I tend to find it's fast enough. So, um, yeah. I, yeah. That was mostly just a joke. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So my, um, my, my current score, it doesn't touch on, um, was it Mason? Um, Mason in the yeah. two dudes. Yeah, it doesn't touch on his. So uh, maybe you should have got him on. Um, we could have could have got some tips from some from an expert, but I am currently at 401, 401,000 points. Um, I've also been playing the the European version, and I, high score there is 255,000. So there's even at kind of my skill level, there's a bit of a discrepancy between what I can do on both on both versions. That's still very very you good score. Gentleman and a scholar and a Tetris yeah. master. Yes, yeah, and sure. I was going to give you something on the soundboard, like a cheer or applause, but for some reason I don't have that, so I'm going to let you have your pick. Would you like a foghorn or <laughs> a laser? Um, I, I was hoping I could choose for a scream. Can we just have another scream? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know tell the, the me, oh, we can it. always the go for a scream. We can do as many screams as you want. Okay, tell me your score again. Uh, 401,000 points. <laughs> Garth nice. is surprised by that. He's just so surprised. Garth would be impressed. Garth Brooks would be impressed for sure. All right. So, uh, well, let's just go ahead and kind of round this out. How, how, if, if you can pick just the NES cart, Justin, because I know you could probably get this game for a nickel on anything, but uh, how much does it go for for the NES cart? Uh, so I think it's like eight bucks. Okay. Well, I mean, for me, no brainer. This is. Yeah. Totally worth it. Although, with the caveat that I must say that I think they've refined this game, uh, and there are a lot better versions since the NES game. Um, but you can't go wrong with eight dollars for this game right. for the NES. I mean, it's, it's awesome for sure. You can, you yep. can, I'm pretty sure you get it free on iOS too. I, I mean, I got it for free. I don't think I want to play it with a touch screen though. I need. A oh, you're a purist now. I'm a purist. I'm pure as the whitest snow when it comes to Tetris. Me and my 56,000 points. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, I, I think you'd be hard to push to find a game that gives more hours per dollar or hours per pound value than, than Tetris does. Um, how much did you say it was? Like eight, eight dollars? Eight dollars. Yeah. yeah. So, and you you could still be playing this when you're 65 and still enjoying it and still learning from it. I don't think you'll get better value. Yeah. You could, I mean, there's actually some on here that are actually even cheaper. Like there's one for like $3. So, hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about buying that even though I have it. Yeah. <laughs> Can't go wrong with that. Uh, Steven has bought it twice. So obviously we think he thinks it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. I did have one more question though. And now I, now that I'm, 
I'm talking about you buying it twice. The tin, the Tingen cart. Uh, it's two players. Is it at the same time? Yes. Is it competition so way, style like the newer ones are? Uh, so the way that it, the screen is set up is that if you are playing single player, you have basically the left half of the screen. So it's a lot smaller of a field to view. And you would just fill up like the left side. The middle of the screen says Tetris going down. And then the right side of the screen at the lower right corner basically has the seven different pieces. And then like as each piece falls, you know, in like this version of the game on the left side, it gives you a number tracker. In the Tengen version, it just kind of has like a like a bar coming out of the ground. So it, the bar gets higher the more of those pieces that you get. And hmm. if you're playing the two-player game, there's no piece tracker. And instead, you just get a second player. So I've never I've never played the Tengen version. Do um, that, that's one where the the pieces are kind of shaded to look almost three dimensional. Is that right? Uh, yes, they're they're they seem to be a little bit more blocked out, but they're all basically the same color once they hit. Yeah. So, like you know, as they're falling or whatever, it, at least from what I can remember offhand, you know, they are slightly different colors. But then, on each level that you go up, will actually change the color of it. So, like it'll start off say white, and then the next color will be red, the next color will be blue, you know, whatever. But it's not all of the pieces as they fall aren't different colors, like after they hit. So it almost kind of makes it easier to see what you have on the field, as opposed to a hodgepodge. And occasionally you'll have a hole somewhere you'll forget about as you're building a tower. And then you'll go to drop, uh, you know, a straight line off the side and not get a Tetris. You'll hit a three piece because you missed one. And it's like, oh, I've been burying this thing the whole time. But on this, on the Tengen version, I don't seem to have that problem. It's it's much more uh, contrasted, the pieces to the background. And how does the how does the multiplayer work? Do you send junk pieces over to the other player if you get a Tetris? Or no, it's not like it's not like uh, Doctor Mario in that aspect. It's just purely I'm playing, you're playing. Um, I believe it's every thirty lines as you're playing, you go to like the next upgrade or the next i think i think it's the next level so every 30 lines you get a, you get the next level so it's basically a rush to do it um but there's no at least from what i can remember there's no incentive other than maybe a small bonus when you're competing against each other so i think maybe you get a bigger bonus and i and i may be off on that but it does make sense to get there before the other person um because otherwise they will have a slightly better score than you coming out of it or it could just be pure random luck that you know who is hitting two and three lines more than the other person by the time you get there but like the whole as you get up to the next level the whole screen freezes these like little russian dancers come out from the sides and like kind of dance around and russian music plays and then you go oh. to the next level but only you go to the next level whoever's the first one to get there the other person's still stuck behind on the level that they were on and then as soon as they get to the next level the screen doesn't freeze it just changes for them and then they they continue to play. Interesting. So I wonder when they hmm. introduced the uh, junk piece stuff because you know in modern Tetris games now if you play two player you send stuff over. Sometime you know, after Doctor Mario, I assume. Yeah, I to be honest with you, maybe there's a mode that does that. The, another interesting thing is there's a cooperative mode. So you actually have one full field where you're both dropping pieces and then basically build together 
hmm. and it and there's no reason to kind of mess each other up like you want to avoid each each other's pieces in the air and then and plug them in the right places and so that that's actually a lot of fun to do as well and is the playfield the same 10 piece or 10 squares wide or is it wider i believe it is wider offhand hmm. um i may be mistaken on that but i'm pretty sure that it's wider it's crazy. But that, that's a lot of fun, yeah. After my wife beats me, you know, ten times in a row, I'm like, hey, let's play like cooperatively. Let's do this together. And then I screw up her, her play field, and then she gets mad. Uh, she gets mad at me. You sleep yep. on the couch. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so then I'm like, all right, well, let's just go back to beating me normal. You'll be less mad at me. There we go. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> all right. All right. You know, we didn't even talk about the uh, the the rockets. Yeah, well, I, you know what? I think I think there'll be a good opportunity to talk about those in the uh, retrofitted trophies segment. Retrofitted trophies. All right, I've got a few, and the reason I said it may be a good time to talk about that is at least one of my trophies is has to do with uh, the, some of the scenes. In the game, you know. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yep, yep. So I don't know what you guys have, or if you guys thought of any. Um, I've got a few, yeah, but I've got a few. All right. Who wants to start us off? We'll, we'll take turns going around. Nick, do you have any? Um. So I have one that I've literally just thought of, but I can't okay. remember the name of it. And so, um, we can give. There's you time. a. Yeah. There's a. Um, you can, of course, rotate the pieces in two directions. There was actually a woman, and I can't remember her name. Um, and so we would call this achievement just like blank. And I'll, um, I'll try to remember her name at some point. And that is to get a score of 100,000 points or more without using the B button, only rotating using the, the A button. Oh, oh nice. Uh, because nice. this lady managed to, to qualify for the Tetris Championships and didn't realize that you could press the B button. So um, <laughs> I, I, I no idea how she managed to, to play so well, but um, yeah, that's fantastic. That's awesome. So that is pretty Just good. like the blank. Huh. Okay. Well, I, well I'll got one then. Uh, my first one is Venus de Milo would be impressed. To get Venus de Milo would be impressed, you have to get a Tetris uh, without ever turning a piece. Because you have no arms, you can't turn the piece. Because uh, Venus de Milo has no arms. Well, the statue doesn't. I hate, it when I, I hate it when I explain things. You guys got it. I don't know why I had to explain yeah. We got it. We got it. We got it. All right. My first trophy is called Smoke Em If You Got Em. And that is get uh, at least 30,000 points to get the first Bostock, which I always called the cigarette when yeah. I was growing up because it looks like a little cigarette. Yeah. The first little rocket you get. Yep. Yep. All right. My first one is simple. It's just called Kiss, and it's called, and all you got to do is just get a Tetris. Okay. Nice. Um, so having quickly googled some things the original one is just like dana wilcox dana wilcox um ah. so yeah um i i'm showing my um ineptitude here unfortunately because i didn't really think of any but um yeah no I, problem i would say that 
um, give me time and I'll think of one after having Googling that last one. Okay, sounds good. Uh, then I got another one called The Chicks Dig It. And that is, I can't remember how many points or lines you clear or whatever to get this, but uh, you get Samus, the Metroid character, playing a violin or a cello for you. you Very nice. You, you've seen that in like one of the ending screens where she's like playing a... Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's kind of silly, but I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. And so I call that one the Chicks Dig It. Chicks Dig It. My next one is Cracker Barrel themed. And boy. It's, <laughs> it's uh, You're Pretty Smart. And that <laughs> is leave only two boxes on the screen. You've cleared everything but just two boxes. Please tell me now, you have an, you're an ignoramus. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't, but this is my only <laughs> Cracker Barrel game. So if anybody knows, the, this is the uh, little pin game that you play at Cracker Barrel. And if you leave two pins, then you're pretty smart. So that's where it comes from. Oh, well, then I'm, I'm, I'm instituting another trophy right now called You're an Ignoramus. And that is uh, lose and reach the top, with only, but only have four open blocks at the top. Mm. That's a You're that's an crazy. Ignoramus. Because the Cracker Barrel <laughs> game, when you leave four pins... You're ignorant. You're ignorant. <laughs> right. You guys love your Cracker Barrel. We do oh, love Cracker don't Barrel. Even start. We text about Cracker Barrel at least <laughs> twice a week. At least, yes. yeah. Steven, <laughs> you seem like you could be a Cracker Barrel guy. I mean, come on. You ever been a Cracker I, Barrel? I, no, yeah, I love it. Been there a bunch of times. Uh, played that game a lot when I was a kid, but uh, the level of detail you can recall from that game is quite impressive, I must say. <laughs> well, I'm there every week. I'm literally yeah. there every Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> every Sunday, yeah. I go. We we go grocery shopping, and but before we go grocery shopping, we stop in the Cracker Barrel, and I have the Country Boy breakfast with the ribeye upgrade, uh, and I mm. take I take the I take the eggs, put them on top of the ribeye, and then take the bowl of gravy, put them on top of the eggs and the ribeye together, and that's my breakfast. Wow. Every time. Oh, that's pretty good. It Wonderful. is it's delicious. Nick, have you ever had Cracker Barrel? I'm sh- have you um, ever been to the no, States? I am. I have sat in Miami Airport. Um, so I, I was flying to Cayman. Um, so I flew from Edinburgh to Miami and then spent about four or five hours in the airport. Um, I had myself a, um, a corn dog and then jumped on the plane and went down to Cayman. But, uh, well, at I've least you had a corn dog. I, I, I said to myself, one thing that I have to do um, is grab a corn dog. And I did. It was delicious. Um, nice. my, my partner is much healthier than I am, and she was not not impressed. But uh, <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> of course you did. It's a corn dog. It's wonderful. Yeah. There aren't a lot of Cracker Barrels in the Miami airport. <laughs> you been? No. I'm just assuming. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's who, who? Who? Where are we at on our trophies here? Uh, I got another one. Uh, so the first one was Kiss. This next one is going to be Coldplay, and it is misdrop a puzzle piece and screw up your board. Ooh, it's Coldplay. I like it. mm, okay, I, I, I'm sensing a theme, but I can't put my finger on it. I, I, <laughs> I the, you've used two band names, but those aren't like song titles. Nope. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll so catch my, on um, here in a minute. 
my there's no theme for me i'm afraid but my next one is um no pressure no sweat and that is to clear the b type starting at level nine with the height set to five Ooh. which uh is rather difficult yeah that yeah. sounds tough that sounds like my game would be over very quickly yeah. <laughs> uh okay i've got another one called we built this city on tetris blocks and that is uh get the flying castle Ah, oh. very nice. Well, what score do you have to hit for that? I don't remember. I've never gotten it. 120? Yeah. I've never oh, gotten the good. castle. I know that for a fact because I've always wanted to get oh. it. Now I got a new, now I got a new goal. Yes, you did. Ah, <sighs> okay. Um, so my next one is kind of in the same theme and that is get the castle to fly away and it is Putin Rejoices. Nice. I had a Putin Bring Rejoices it. too. I won't change oh, you did? mine. Yeah, but I'm gonna change the name <laughs> of it. Okay. Don't worry, Putin's still gonna be in the name. But uh... Okay. I'm excited. Uh I got another one called Pearl Jam and it's rotate a piece into a position last second that would normally be difficult to do. So when you kind of got one of those offside hangers and you kind of got to like rotate it in perfectly, that's how you get that trophy. Pearl Jam. The last time I heard uh, the phrase, when you got one of them uh, hanging on the ciders or whatever you just said, <laughs> is a totally different context. <laughs> may have been, may have... <laughs> yep. I'm very descriptive if you can't tell. Uh <laughs> Well, um, I'm I'm thinking pulling your theme together here. The more difficult the trophy, the more you like the band that is in the title. It uh, simply band names. <laughs> Dang it! Just just band names. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, okay. Well, my my trophy used to be Putin rejoices, but now it is Vladimir Putin would be impressed. And I'm not even entirely sure if this is possible. I haven't done the math, but I think it's possible is clear four lines like a tetris five times in a row like have like a solid line right in the middle and you just get you just get five straight pieces in a row and you just keep dropping it down ah very cool very close to what my next one is which is nirvana and build a tower 12 high get three tetrises in a row yours is probably more likely to happen i like it yeah, but you got what? What's what are the odds of getting three straight pieces in a row? If it's one and seven. Yeah. Uh, well. Anybody math whizzes out there? You're an engineer. What? Uh... Yeah, come on, Mike. Okay, it's twelve thirty <laughs> at night here. Okay, my brain does not work on math that late. I turn off my math yeah, one, my math brain at eleven thirty. One and seven. One and seven. One and seven. All right. Well, I guess it's one and seven. It's always going to be one and seven. Yeah, because it doesn't change. So you're you're, you're like more times. No, Square. no, your likelihood of getting your likelihood of getting a straight piece three times in a row. Well, each each time would be one and seven. I don't know what that is beyond that. I think Nick's googling it right now. Yes, please. Oh, do. Can you hear the, the clicking? I'm trying I, to work out. Is it seven times seven times seven? It can't be that simple, right? It can't it be. Can't that be it can't be that simple. 
Isn't it seven yeah. and like seven times six times five times? Isn't it one of those? Like a, oh yeah, oh, could be. I don't know. Who knows? It's beyond. Maybe me. maybe my math brain will kick you in here in a minute. But for right now, uh, I'm not even gonna try it. <laughs> but it may just come to me. Oh, there you go. Um, I got. Uh, let's see. I got two more. Um, Green Day which is just score high enough to reach the rocket or better area. And then my very last one is Tom Arnold would be impressed, and that's to score 999,999 on the PAL version. Oh, wow. Yet to be done, to the best of my knowledge. Yeah, Yeah, that that is quite impressive. Okay, well, then I guess it's time to uh, I think it's time to rate this game. All right, how game are we going to rate it? Justin, we almost made it the whole show. I know, I know. <laughs> I just had to do it. Just had to do it. <laughs> okay, let's try that again. I think it's time to rate this game. Game rating. Okay, go ahead, Justin. So how are we going to rate this game? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Favorite puzzle? We could do favorite puzzle. It's okay. a little on the nose, what, but uh, what about a, a a type of um, type of building material? Oh, I like that. Ah. I do like that. Type mm. of building material. Oh, I've got mine. Okay, go ahead. A then. brick, because brick by brick. brick. Like Quint, yeah. Oh God, <laughs> uh, the brick is the quintessential. I mean, we've been using it for how many years? It's still in style. It's like the strongest you could probably. I don't know. I'm not a builder. Nope. I don't no, know. that's wrong. I, I, my okay. engineer, that part of my engineer brain still works. Okay, it's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty strong though. Okay, uh, and it's the classic and. Uh, still the best so for for me i think i would say wood um because it's it's been around for a while it's very versatile um there's so many different styles much like tetris has has evolved over the years we've kind of changed how we use and treat wood so i I think i would go with wood Mm -hmm. well i'm gonna go with concrete because uh it's like the foundation for everything and this game is like in my opinion i know it may not be the original puzzle game but this is like the foundation of puzzle games that's that's what i'm gonna go with okay all right all right i'm gonna go with uh balsa wood and the reason is that balsa wood right you can make things out of it when you're a kid and it's kind of like the the old school gets you to learn how to do stuff but the evolution of building materials over time, just like this game, has gotten so much better that this game in comparison is weak. Like balsa wood. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's not very fair to this game, but okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I said I'm it get... was worth it. Okay. You did say it was worth it. <laughs> okay. So I'm getting my calculator out. And I think I, I, think I know. I don't know. I gotta, you just got to multiply, uh, carry the one, 
You have a 0.3% chance of getting three long pieces in a row. 0.3? Yep. So that is seven times seven times seven, right? It is one seventh times one seventh times yes. one seventh. Times one seventh. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. one in 343. Yeah. So that's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad. That'd be, right. be quite a coincidence. It would be quite the coincidence. But given how many people have played Tetris, that must have happened many millions times, of times. Actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have definitely happened at least. Some I just times. I just did the math on uh, on Michael's, which was to do it five high. So to draw five of those in a row is one in sixteen thousand eight hundred and seven. A little less. It's, it's possible. Less. It's yeah, possible. still possible. Which I'm sure that's happened again millions of times. Or in a percentage, as a percentage, that is point zero zero six. So point zero 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 six. One, one, two. I'm using Wolfram Alpha. Oh, I think it's. Well, I'm using a calculator, like a regular oh. old calculator. <laughs> <laughs> like a, it's a, it's a Casio FX one fifteen ES plus. If anybody wants to I check see. my math, <laughs> and I might be wrong about that calculation, but I'm pretty sure that's. Very cool. All right. Let's get to some feedback because uh, Michael's getting sleepy. And we don't have an intro for feedback. So Justin, go ahead and interrupt nothing and introduce us to the feedback segment. All right. So we're going to start off with the uh, feedback from the Two Dudes in a Nest community or Facebook group. And Joshua Tice says, awesome game, but I'm terrible at it. Truly a fun classic to play, though, especially your friends. Gabe Van Gilder said, I never played the NES version, but I was hooked on the Game Boy version. There is no Tetris game today besides Tetris Plus that topped the Game Boy game. Adam Malone says, the best game ever made. It's brilliant. Everyone can play it. Everyone has fun with it. It get harder as you get better. It's honestly the best game ever made. Not my favorite, but the best. Daniel Walker says, Putin rejoices. Love this game. I wish I had the Tingen version. Uh, Aaron Hickman says, I would tell you, but I've blocked out that part of my life. Okay. Robert Ferguson says, like Josh, I like this, but I'm bad at it. This is much better than the Tingen version, in my opinion. Mike Hall says, so much I could say about this game, comrades. Hope the poor Soviet programs that developed it got more than a roll of toilet paper for their contribution to Western civilization. I have both the official and Tengen versions. Watching a master play this game is like watching Bob Ross paint. Very zen. LOL. Yeah. Uh, all right. And Nick Mellon says, Hi, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> We should, right. we, should let, we should let that Nick guy uh, call it out himself. Hi, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I'm going to make your listen, though. All right. From the Honorary Dudes page, we've got Eric Purcell saying, Absolute worst game ever. I'm surprised Putin hasn't claimed that he created it. Wink face. Just kidding. It's a pretty fantastic puzzle type game. Plus... It's one game that my wife actually likes to play more than I do. Seems like a running theme. Yeah. 
Peter Martin says, I spent a lot of time playing this. Even my parents played this one. Lots of fun. Enjoyed the music. Pretty cool to have a different rockets, etc. go off at the end of the game, depending on how far you got. Anthony Pig says, basic but fun. Can't go wrong with it. Though as far as puzzlers go, it's a fun pastime. Nice. Hey, hold time out. Time out. Okay. I don't I haven't gotten on Facebook very often or very frequently other than to just check out the group. But I got on here now, especially from a computer, right? And uh-huh. I get on if I do get on it's from my phone. But I just got on just now and tell me if this is is this a new thing, but to the right of my this is totally unrelated to video games, by the way. <laughs> uh, but on the right side of my Facebook feed, there's somebody selling a house here in Lenore City. Two bed, one bath for $750. Is this something that happens all the time on Facebook now? <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like I could go buy this house right now. I uh, think I need to. Yeah, just go buy it. Just go yeah, buy get it. Your, get your checkbook out. I'm sure it's legit. Oh, it's yeah. per month. It's somebody renting. Okay, that, that makes more yeah. sense now. I was like, $750 for a house? <laughs> Sorry. And, all right. On the Facebook page... We have Alan Rhodes, who says, Best music. Love listening to this every time I play. And that's something we didn't really touch on a whole lot, but I really could listen to a lot of this music without. Now, some of this music, of course, is, is actually like music. Like one of them is from like Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies, and they're all like real songs, but it's really, I, I love the music to that. Yeah, I totally forgot to do that in the game segment. So let's do it real quick. Music. Justin, you love the music. I love the music. We played typically when a game only has like three songs, I won't play it underneath the episode because it gets real boring and monotonous. But I went ahead and did it for this game because I this game's music to me, in my opinion, is, is so awesome and it never gets old. So right. I felt like it was totally wor- worth it to play it underneath our speech this entire episode. But mm-hmm. what, um, sorry, on you go. I was just gonna say, what do you guys think? Um, so one I of these. Oh. Sorry, Stephen. On you. I'll wait. Okay. Uh, sorry to interrupt. I love it. Actually, it's so classic, iconic. That that first song that plays. Does anybody know the name of the Russian folk song? It's that uh, over, some kind of overture. Mm, right. I something, don't know. Something overture. I don't know. It's, I it is Korobanaiki. It's the. Uh, it's yeah, exactly Kor- what I'm yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I actually, fun fact, I pronounced that perfectly. So, oh, oh nice. Yeah, I wouldn't know any different. The Karopanaki. Yep. So I'm, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because I couldn't remember which of the tracks it was, but it must be that one. But um, one of the documentaries I watched, um, Alexei Pachitov said that he regretted putting that folk song into the game because um, it, it used to be a well-known Russian folk song, and it's now the theme for Tetris. And he feels that he's kind of stolen <laughs> the, the the song. When people hear the song, they no longer think of Russia, but they think of Tetris. Interesting. I mean, it's true. Well, but... You know, but on the other hand, he's honoring his home country. Yes. Yeah. You know, a song that probably would all be but forgotten in 2019 is still in most people's minds at any given, you know, you play a half second clip of that song and everybody knows what it is. And one of the reasons we all know Tetris came from Russia, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's a handful of reasons why, but this is that's one of them. Though. Sure. All right, what about the... I know this is kind of a silly question. What about the graphics? Y'all, we touched on it a little bit when we talked about the colors. Um, 
but uh, I think the graphics are, I mean, the, I really can't talk about graphics in a game like this, but they're serviceable. I like the colors. Sometimes the colors get in the way, mm-hmm. so to speak. But uh, yeah, that's my thought. Yeah, I, I think that knowing that the Tengen version came out first and looking to see what they did, why they went in the direction they did is a little mind-boggling to me, although I'm no, an expert by no means on this game. Um, and it could also just be that I'm biased against the other version because I've just played it so much more, but um, the the weird color palettes seem kind of off-putting. Yeah. yeah. So the, the this version, the, the NES official version, even today is my favorite version of Tetris, and I prefer it to the newer ones. I prefer it to any other version I've played. But that is the one area that is that is lacking. Um, there's not much you can do with the graphics, um, but looking at the screenshots of the Tengen version, it's much nicer and much clearer. Hmm. Um, that does raise a question. What is everybody's favorite version of Tetris? Um, I would like I say, yeah. I would probably also pick the NES version. Okay. My version is uh, Tangan. It's the one I've played the most. And I will say that we picked up Tetris Effect. I got it for my wife for Christmas. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, oh, I got this for you, honey, wink, wink. Yeah. But again, she's better than me at Tetris overall. And she hasn't even played it yet. I've, I've been the only one who's played it. But the Tetris Effect is amazing. <laughs> PlayStation VR, you know, you have, you're able to move your head around or whatever, which is, you know, kind of no big deal. But you have the screen in front of you, and you know you're playing the newest, updated, most fair rules of Tetris, while the music is actually playing. You drop pieces, rotate them, they lock in. You get Tetrises, one, two, three, four lines. It changes the way that the music interacts with you. So you have like this constant feedback of movement, music, together, and it is in a 3D space. It's mind blowing. It was like, made it, by um, the same people that made Luminous, right? Uh, which, which was I a similar rhythm-type game where you had to place pieces in time to music. That, it would make a lot of sense because it's like magical how that game is. And it's kind of funny because there's no two-player version in that which everybody complains about. That's like the only gripe that anybody has with the new Tetris effect. However, I guess it comes down to they wouldn't be able to have the music interact with the sound effects and everything and have that sort of mode so they just don't have it hmm. so it's, like it's, it's pretty it's very it's a very unique experience and i'm doing a very poor job of describing <laughs> it i don't think anybody could truly describe it properly because the music's playing you move a piece you get a sound effect that goes with the music and no matter what you do and how bad you do or how good you do it, you're ch- you're constantly changing the music, but in a way that's natural. It's not jarring and by any means. And like each level has like its own little theme and music, and it's it's very very cool. Yeah. Have you played Luminous, Stephen? I have not. Okay. It's very that's a very similar. It's not Tetris by any means, uh, but it is very similar to what you're describing. Um, of okay. course, not VR, but it is it the pieces you kind of drop the pieces to the beat of the music and like you drop the pieces and they all move to the left kind of and it's it's a totally different puzzle game but uh it's similar to the way you're describing like the music moves with the pieces as you drop them and stuff okay so you might want to check that out if you liked it has anybody played poyo poyo tetris 
Uh, yes, that's I've actually been, one of my favorite I've, versions on the Switch. I've been playing that. Been playing that on Switch. It's yeah, it's really good fun. I would yeah, I, I would offer to play demo. I would offer to play online with you, but you'd stomp me, so I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> I did play with uh, dude Sean for a little while when it when it first came out, and he beat me pretty regularly, so I kind of stopped stopped challenging him. I have a problem with uh, losing a lot, uh, <laughs> so like Justin Justin mentioned his Apple Watch earlier. Well, they they got the thing where you can compete now. Well, Justin, I competed for the first week, and he blew me out of the water. And so I quit. I quit competing with him too. Yeah. <laughs> It'll happen. I just don't like losing. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> especially boat. when I can't get better. And you know. Oh well. Yeah. Oh well. Oh, it was just go back to feedback. Back to feedback. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> um, you got through all the Facebook stuff, right, Justin? Got through the Facebook stuff. Okay, let me jump on Twitter here. On Twitter. We got uh, the No Swear Gamer says, uh, never heard of it. Never heard of Tetris. <laughs> okay, so there's another one that knocks against Justin's Everybody Has Played It. Right. Uh, Paul and Andy from Power Trip Gaming says, one of my favorite puzzle games of all time. Truly a jeer spectacular sapphire. Uh, at Headcase Games says, legendary. Black and white OG Game Boy version is still my go-to. And then Heath Burkheimer says, gotta love those Russian game designers. Gotta love them. Gotta love them. Let's check on old Ryan Ballard. Oh, Ryan. Ryan's not there. Ryan's not there today. Ryan, we'll miss you this episode. All right, let me check Instagram real quick. On Instagram, we got... uh, Instagram's been booming lately. I don't, I don't get it. Everybody's moving to Instagram. All right. Nate1968 says, I kind of like the 10 yen version better. Uh, that's okay. We talked about it this episode, but the picture I posted was the NES card or the mm-hmm. non 10 yen version. Cecil Dredge says, Such an awesome and addictive game with an amazing soundtrack. I never owned the NES version as a kid, but I had the Game Boy card and played the heck out of it. I can guarantee that Putin, Putin would be impressed with this title. And then he put a little uh, Russian flag down. There we go. Uh, the Mikra says, played this game so much on Game Boy, I wouldn't be at least a bit surprised that it was the cause for me to need glasses. <laughs> the NES version was every bit as good and, addic- and addictive. And then Malone Adam says, best game ever made, which I'm guessing that's the same as Adam Malone from on I Facebook. believe so. All right, that's all I've got other than voicemails. But in between this and voicemails, Stephen, I think your group's got a little feedback too, right? Yes, sir. Uh, Retro Gaming Monthly just posted it at like 5 o'clock this afternoon, and we got actually several, so I was pretty happy about that. My wife comes in first, Carrie, says, It's my favorite and only game I like with a laughy face and a tongue out. So literally, this is the only thing I can get her to play. (laughs) Donald Richmond II says, I personally prefer Dr. Mario because it's two-player, but Tetris is a great classic. Plus, my wife always beats me at Tetris, probably because she is super amazing at video games and everything else in general. So he is not sucking up at all. <laughs> I was about to say, is she also in the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she is, actually. That's uh, uh, my cousin-in-law. Uh, at any rate, Miles Prower says, Superb game. I switch between this and six golden coins when picking up my Game Boy. And oh, that B type music with a uh, heart face. Sean Muldowney 
It says, this is a game that I always had as a kid and that I played quite often. I enjoy pretty much any iteration that releases and it all comes back to this game. It's also one of a few games that I can vividly hear the music for in my head at any given time. Ha! Also, fun story. When Baz and I went to Iceland in 2017, we were there for the classic Tetris World Championships and we stayed up extra late to watch the stream and have our mind blown. We ended up party chatting to watch the finals again this year. Highly recommend fighting a video on demand. My call said, my daughter associates this game with the Nutcracker Ballet for obvious musical reasons. Love playing this game. Michael Kelso says, of course we'll read this feedback on the show, just don't <laughs> let me forget. And I probably should have skipped that, but... It's okay. <laughs> Ryan Walters says, it's such a classic game and we will always and will always be associated with Nintendo as either the Game Boy title, the regular cart, or the infamous Tengen cart. And then Sean Barry finishes us out with never play with the music that comes on the game. Throw on something else so the tempo is to your world, not Tetris world. He fights against the system. That's it. He, oh, he's a rebel. All it. right. All right. Well, let me uh, let me bring up the voicemails here, and then we'll start to close this out. Got two voicemails. Uh, let's see. The first one uh, is. Come on, phone, please work with me. I'm just going to keep talking here so that if I truncate silence, it won't help out. Okay. Mm -hmm. Still talking. Can't get this voicemail to pull up. Would one of you guys help me out here? What do you want me to do? Put, pull up your voicemail? No, I want you to like talk so that I don't sound like an idiot sitting here. This, that's actually perfect. That works. You I, I, know? Could, I could pull up your voicemail. If you oh. could, please just go ahead and pull up my voicemail. Yeah. Whilst whilst you're waiting for that, it's interesting what Sean said about the about the music. I was streaming a bit of Tetris, and a lot of the comments I got were that I would play better if I didn't have the music on. I don't really. I don't, yeah, I don't really understand the theory Popping behind talk. it. But that Sean's not alone in saying that you shouldn't have the music playing. Huh. You know, the one thing that I do notice playing with the music, and I've never played with it off, but when I'm playing and you get up fairly close to the top and you're like trying to fight your way back down so you're like digging your way out from the top the music changes when you're mm -hmm. i don't know the exact right. range whether it's four six eight bars from the top you know the music kicks up well you know what'll happen is i will clear it you, you know i'll get to that point where the music changes fast so it's like kind of intense and you're like oh no i gotta get down well then i'll drop it but then the next piece won't be placed perfectly to clear another line, so it'll poke above whatever that threshold is, kick it back up. So it's kind of jarring, like, going back and forth and, and distracting to a sense when you're really oh, trying yeah. to, you know, supposed to be focusing in the most. And I, I find that when the music does slow down after you get to that point, I almost breathe this big sigh of relief, like, oh, yes. I've done my job, I can, I can relax, and then suddenly I'm back there again just the next piece down so it, it's yeah. amazing how that tempo change in the music and not the actual pieces increasing gives you that extra anxiety and relief when when it changes you know one way or the other yeah i find i find that the music uh, actually helps me i think uh, like i feel relaxed kind of when i'm down low and then when i get up high that music kicks in faster and it kind of almost motivates me to just kick my brain into high gear let's, let's go we gotta figure this out Okay. And then I relax back down when it slows down. Of course, I also like, what the, what's everybody's favorite? There's music one, two, and three. I always like three. 
So I think three is the most soothing to me as far yeah, as keeping, three, me, keeping me in the right headspace. I always listen to one by default. Yeah, I, I think my favorite's three, but I often forget to change and, and just play on one. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right, I got I'll this have to voice around with it a little more. Now. I for sure have the voice voicemail pulled up. Hey, Steven, you will break a hundred thousand if you play on music three. Oh, right. you know what? I'm gonna I'm try gonna it. it. I'm gonna, when we get off here, that's what I'm gonna do. Okay. All right. How about this voicemail? What's up, dudes? Jay Z, Eddie S, back again, calling you guys again from YouTube, and then uh, so I see you guys are playing Tetris next, so. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what is left to be said about Tetris, but uh, it's pretty great. I mean, it's only like the greatest puzzle game of all time. <laughs> I did a whole NES 101 video on it on my channel there with the other two Tetris games. Uh, the third one being Hatris, which isn't really a Tetris game, but it's an interesting game. Uh, you guys love to get to that someday. That'll be fun. But uh, yeah, Tetris. I don't know, man. It's a pretty addictive uh, puzzle game. It's pretty great. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it. I, I certainly do. I think my favorite version of it is the uh, the Game Boy Tetris DX, though. That's probably my favorite one. That's the one I put the most hours into. So, but the, the NES version's all right. You know, it's okay. But yeah, hopefully you guys enjoy it. The music's good. So there's. That. But uh, anyway, uh, can't wait to listen to the episode. This has been Jay Z NES signing out. Jay Z NES uh, with the phone call. Uh, I guess he's got a good he's got a Tetris video on his YouTube channel, so I go check that out. Yeah. All right. Uh, one more voicemail. Uh, let me play that here. And this is probably gonna be like one of the most infamous sound bites you'll ever have from Nick Stevens, but uh, this is probably one of my favorite games of all time. Like probably top oh. ten. Huh. Okay. Well, that's reasonable. Yeah. This time, finally, one that makes sense, Nick Stevens. Yeah. How many how many games does Nick Stevens have in his top ten? Well, about thirty uh, now. A I lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when we started uh, getting voicemails from him, but uh, it was right around the time Mario Odyssey came out, and however many episodes we've done since then. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm sure he regret, he regrets that at this point, but uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did ask him. I did reach out to Nick, and I said, as a uh, offered up the olive leaf or whatever you call it and said, if you would like me to stop playing that uh, clip, I will. And he said, no, you go ahead and play it. And so I took that to mean that it's true. I can't deny it. These are all my top 10 games. <laughs> yeah. He didn't come out and say that. Exactly. But uh, exactly. Oh, the logic. inference is there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay, uh, well, I don't think I really have any post-show announcements. Uh, actually, I do have a post-show announcement. The um, Every year, you know, we try to do a push for people to do Patreon picks. So this year, uh, Justin, I haven't mentioned this to you, but I'm feeling generous. I think everybody who is currently at the $5 or above, which is the Patreon pick mark, uh, we'll just give them all another Patreon pick. Now, it doesn't guarantee you'll get it anytime soon. Uh, we'll go in order of... And also, anybody that wants to donate at $5, a new donor will get the first dibs. Hope that's okay with everybody. But And then everybody else will get one just as we get to it. But yeah, I think, very cool. I think 2019 is the year of the Patreon pick. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so anybody out there listening, 
if you're donating at $5 above, you get another Patreon pick, just like that. And if you're not at $5 above, uh, go ahead and donate at $5 above, and you'll get a Patreon pick too. And we're going to make this the year of the Patreon picks. And that's all the show announcements I've got. But, uh, Stephen, tell us about your group. So I run a group on YouTube called Retro Gaming Monthly. It used to be called Retro Video Game of the Month. So if you listen to the short switch-up episode I did recently, that's what I called it. But Retro Gaming Monthly, we have RetroGamingMonthly.com, which just forwards to the Facebook group, so it's very easy to find. It's basically a book club for video games. So each month I put up a poll to do a vote. The group then votes on whichever game they want. You can vote on multiple games, but it's limited to six, and I try to vary it across different systems. So we started last year. We did January through December, got all 12 games out. It was awesome. And now January, we are doing Ghosts and Goblins, and also in January, introducing Tetris as the high score challenge. So we're at about 239 members, if I'm correct. So we're growing very nicely. And there's polls up right now for next month's game. And yeah, so now we're doing a regular game per month and a high score game. So we'll kind of keep digging into them and keep growing and exploring. It's a very friendly group, um, community-based. So people are helping each other out through different parts and asking for feedback and posting jokes. And yeah, it's awesome. A lot of fun. Like digging into these old games. It's a... I just want... Go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, I just want to add that um, because of this group, I've started actually playing more games awesome. and spend, spending my time playing games that I maybe wouldn't have previously. So I think there was um, Castle of Illusion, for example. Yeah. It's a game that I, I overlooked and thought it's just uh, another two-dimensional platformer, but I, I had a blast playing through that game. Um, so because of this group, I, I feel a lot more engaged in the hobby than I did previously. That's oh, really that's cool. awesome. I, I'm I'm super glad to hear that. That was you said your resolution for this year was to play more of these retro games. And this was my inspiration last year to create this group was, you know, I love playing the two dudes in an S game and there's other podcasts and things that kind of come out. And I like digging into those. But, you know, to have like feedback from the group and get suggestions of games and getting suggestions of games that maybe I've never heard of or maybe that I've heard of, but never even thought to even attempt to play. And then now something like Castle of Illusion, you know, pops up and it's like, wow, this is an awesome game, relatively speaking anyways, but a game I never would have played. So, yeah, no, I'm I'm very, very happy to hear that feedback from you, Nick. Thank you. No, thank you for arranging the group. It's awesome. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, Good. and I, yeah. I, I think your group's great. I think yeah. you got a lot awesome. of traction going. There's a lot of people interacting. You got uh, everybody's enjoying it. And I think uh, you're doing great. You, you, everybody's like moved. They're like, oh, well, you know, two dudes in an S group is great, but uh, this retro game monthly group is even better. We'll just listen to the two dudes in an S <laughs> podcast, but we're going to go over here and talk. We're not going to talk to the two dudes group right. anymore. That's funny. That's right. <laughs> well, you helped, you, you guys helped launch the uh, group back in 2018. So 2017, uh, December, I kind of came up with the idea and, you know, was talking to you guys about it. And you'd said, hey, why don't you do Strider? So we launched the group in 2018 with me being a guest on your podcast for Strider, and that was the first game in the group. So you guys were instrumental in getting a lot of people into the group and getting it kickstarted. So sorry if I stole them, but you guys helped me do it. <laughs> I think that's what no, I'm saying. No, no. I think I'm saying that we still helped you start it, and then you just took them all. <laughs> no, that's fine. I, you know, I just think it's uh, good to have communication and lots of good times. People 
getting to enjoy a similar hobby. It's good stuff. Yeah, definitely. And I love that the group doesn't seem to have an ego. There's no like infighting. There's no, you know, it's just like, hey, here's a game. And throughout the month, I post like, you know, the first day I post like an introduction thing. I pin it. Day two, I post like a manual, you know, two weeks in, I post uh, your guys podcast. If you did an old recorded one or as soon as you record one about it, post it. You know, and just try to fill it with content and different things about it. And then it gives me the opportunity to do a deep dive into these games where I would normally, you know, like Ghost and Goblins as a kid, which is the game for January, didn't like it very much at all. But I'm doing like all kinds of research and watching videos on it and strategies. And, you know, same thing with Tetris, like this original, you know, this version of Tetris, I probably would have never touched if it wasn't for this group. You know, because the the Tengen is my favorite version. So you know, why would I play the single when I could play the the two? So it just it gives me an opportunity to really do a deep dive into these games. I love it. <laughs> like it's definitely this is my passion. This is my hobby for sure right now. You've you've described it as a book club for games previously, and that's that's exactly what it feels like. It feels like a a community where people almost meet up and and discuss the game. It's it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the book whole clubs idea. for books anymore, you know? <laughs> exactly. That's, that's way well, too old school. Well, I'm not sure if I've even really heard of like game clubs as they were, where, you know, you say book club and everybody knows exactly what that is. You know, that's like synonymous with, you know, you don't have to describe it. If I try to say, you know, hey, we kind of have this group and like, you know, we vote on games and stuff, it's like, what are you talking about? You say book club for video games, it's like, oh, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right. Nick, yeah. do you have anything you want to shout out or anything? Um, no, I'm I'm relatively quiet. I was discussing with you pre-show that I have had um, kind of inklings of creating podcasts or YouTube content and that kind of thing. But um, every time I realized that in order to do it, I would need to dedicate so much more of my time than, than I could feasibly do. Um, people might catch me streaming on Twitch. I, I tend to stream my Tetris games now and again. Um, if I ever do that, I'll maybe post links in um, in Stephen's group. But um, yeah, I, I don't really have a platform anywhere. So okay, well, let me just—I uh, will extend to you the same thing I extend to everybody else, including Stephen, who's done it a couple times now. You're you're welcome to do like a switch up or like a little mini episode or something, and just stick it on our feed if you want to. Lovely, thank you. Very always, much. always welcome to uh, people doing that. Um, you know, I like I like content and I just. Justin and myself can only do so much. So, uh, and I think most of the switch ups have been a hit, uh, especially the ones that I don't do. Surprisingly enough, I think <laughs> I think people realize that uh, uh, I spend more time devoting it to this podcast and less time devoting to the switch up episodes. Um, but people like Stephen and Cleva, when they get on there, it just blows anything I ever do on the switch ups out of the water. So I'm like, uh, I'd much rather other people do them because they sound better and the content's better but you know so anyways what i'm saying nick is if you ever want to get dabble in a little more podcasting and you and you play nintendo switch just pick your game and uh, let me know and you can do one lovely thank you i might take you up on that cool all right uh well shout out to the retro junkies uh shout out to the we dude for the awesome music or he's known as the we guy on YouTube. We call him the Wee Dude. Uh, shout out to the Fox Dude for the awesome logos that we use. And Justin, where can they find us? 
But you can find us on any social media platform like Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Instagram, since it's becoming so popular now. Or you can always uh, find us on our web pages at twodudesinanest.com, nintendies.com, and nesds.com. And then you can always call us by doing what? Well, you can go on your phone, and there'll be a little phone icon in the upper corner of our web page. Or you can just use the phone like it's meant to be used and start punching numbers into it. Might I recommend you punch our number in if you want to call us, and that is 775-7-RETRO-1. Or if that's just if you just want straight numbers, that's 775-773-8761. All right. And be Very sure cool. to uh, whatever service you use to download our podcast, be sure to rate or star or whatever your whatever it offers you to do, do that for us because that really helps us get our name out there. Back when we were uh, getting lots of five stars all the time, uh, we were also getting lots of new listeners. Now our listener, the new listeners only happen when people tell each other because I don't know how iTunes works and apparently five stars don't work anymore. But please go ahead and give us more five stars. But I guess at some point when your podcast is like five years old and you don't have a bunch of new five stars, then they don't really care about you anymore. But I know so, you guys out there still care about, care about us. Absolutely. We still care. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. Well, here comes the next game's music. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Later. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks, guys.